Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning. Well, the left side is here. Let me try that again. Good morning. Awesome, awesome. Glad to have you with us today. I am Pastor Dan, founding pastor here. What an honor it is to share with you today and celebrate. We started this church uh, with 13 of us in our living room, and look where God's brought us today. Come on, let's give Him thanks. Amen. AMC Theater on Bayou. We welcome you today. If you're a first-time guest, we especially welcome you and, and just pray that God will bring a life-changing experience in your life. And we're in summer at TC, and before I say this, anytime I'm on a stage, uh, I want to give honor to the lead pastor, and we're here at our own church, and, and I want us to give a shout-out to Pastor Brad and Ashley, come on, and the pastoral team and the staff. The dream team, all of you, you guys rock and make it happen every week. But we're in this series at the end of the summer or in the beginning of the summer called Summer of TC, but we're going into July, and July is Serve Month here at Transformation Church, and then on July the 13th, we are joining over 200 churches around the nation that have designated that as Serve Day, that we're going to be going into our communities and serving our communities in acts of kindness and the Bible tells us that we're like a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Therefore, let your light so shine among men that they might see your good works and then glorify your Father in heaven. And through all of our small groups, we're going to be going out through our community and we're going to be serving our community in different acts of kindness on July the 13th. I want to encourage you, whatever you have to do on July the 13th, be a part of one of those groups. Because now you're becoming a part of something bigger than you, and together we can make an impact in our community and point people to the love of Jesus. Amen? And so if you've already got plans for the 13th, change them. Seriously. Change them because I promise you it will change your life more than it will change the lives of the people that you're serving. Let's go to Matthew chapter 20. We do normally have handout notes. Uh, we don't have them today. They will be made available to you after today. There was a hiccup on some technology things, so they will be made available to you through the email, through the website. But I'm easy to follow, so go with me, all right? The heart of a servant. I want to talk to you about that today as we get ready for our serve day in a month of serving. Matthew, in chapter 20, 26 through 28, it says, Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first, how many likes to be first? Four of us. Wow. Listen, I'm competitive. I mean, if I play your nine-year-old in ping pong, I'm going to try to win. You know what I mean? Because I'm probably not. But how many play ball in your neighborhood and you did not want to be that last person chosen every week? Come on. All right? We want to be first. And Jesus says, whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and He gave His life as a ransom for many. Then we go to the book of Mark, and it says, Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve, the disciples together, and He said, Anyone who wants to be first must be last and the servant of all. Say those last three words with me, the servant of all. Very important. We're going to get back to that in a few moments. In 1 John chapter 13, we see a beautiful story that really explains what Jesus was trying to tell us when He talks about servanthood and the heart of a servant. It's the Passover feast. It's celebrated every year on the Jewish calendar. 
But in the early days of the church, when they would have a feast, they would eat. Jews love to eat, by the way. If you ever go to Jerusalem or Israel, uh, you're going to eat a lot. And they love to eat, they love to party, love to fellowship. But there was something different about the early day church than there is today, that when they would meet to eat, their table was not set up high, and they did not have chairs. The table at that time was only three to four inches off the floor. And they would literally lay on their side, and they would hold their head up, and they would eat, and they would communicate one with another. Here's what the Scripture says. I was just before the Passover feast. It was a Thursday night, right before the death of Jesus on Friday. Jesus knew that His time had come for Him to leave this world and go to the Father. Jesus knew that Friday was only one day away. It was the day he was going to be killed. He was going to suffer. He was going to experience extreme pain, the beating, the buffeting, the scourging. All of that was going to happen. He knew it was only a day away, but he never considered his own needs. Having loved his own who were in the world, and now he showed them the full extent of his love. How did he do that? Because while they were around that table and they were laying down on their side, there was an issue that happened. Because in those days, they had in every home what's called a foot washer. It was the lowest of the slaves in the house. It was the dirtiest job in the house that the foot washer would literally sit at the front door or know when the owners were coming in and they would sit in a chair, have a basin of water and a towel and they would wash the foot and the feet of their master or their family. In those days, they didn't wear shoes like we do. They wore sandals. They walked on dirt roads. When they came into their home, their feet were filthy. And so to be a foot washer was a very humbling experience. But something happened on this day of the Passover. No one remembered to set up a foot washer. There was not one in the house set up and designed to do it. And all the disciples said, I'm not doing it. That's below me. I'm a disciple. Jesus handpicked me. That's not my job. And they even went farther than that. They began to bicker one with another on who was the greatest among them, who would follow him to death, who would not. And all of a sudden, Jesus stood up and he did the unthinkable. And he took out his office outer garments. And the Bible said he went and got a basin of water and a towel and he knelt down and he, the Messiah, the Savior, the one who knew he was about to die, now kneels down and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. Peter screams at Jesus, said, Jesus, you can't do this. You cannot wash my feet. And Jesus looked at Peter and he responded and he said, if I don't wash your feet, you cannot be a part of me. Peter looked at him and said, not only my feet, Lord, but my hands, my body, wash me, make me whole. Then Jesus went on to say, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed. And the word blessed in the original means fulfilled and happy if you do them. What Jesus did at this moment was set a bar extremely high. He didn't teach us, but He showed us what every true follower of Him should look like and act like, a servant to all. You see, a bond servant, a servant by choice. And I want to share with you today just a very simple message, but I want to talk to you about the characteristics of a bond servant, a servant by choice. Four decisions that we must make daily if we're going to be a true servant of Jesus Christ. Number one, 
We must realize and make a, a decision every day that a servant puts service above status. That's a law straight in our society. You see, getting a mop or a hammer becomes more important than being called the supervisor. Well, I'm the pastor of this church, so if you come early on Sunday morning, you'll find the lead pastor of this church setting up this stage with everybody else. Well, I'm the owner of this business, so. Well, I'm the boss, so. Paul said in Philippians 2, do not cut off selfish, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. We will never gain the respect of the unchurched outside of this building today with our words and by what we tell them. We will gain their respect by showing them through acts of kindness and hope and grace and mercy. Not our words of judgment. Not our words of criticism. Not our words of hatred or evil. But when we come out and realize I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was spiritually blind, but today I know the hope and the love of Jesus. I don't deserve this, but thank God I've got it in my heart and life today. And I'm not telling them what they're not. I'm showing them what they can can become through the person of Jesus Christ. We will gain the respect of our community and our society again. The greatest task of the American church today is to win back the respect of our community. Don't ask someone to pick up a piece of paper that you just walked by. You're not that important. It is a good word. Amens are really weak right now. I've raised my son on that that thought. I've raised my children on that thought. I taught the staff of this church when we were just a church of 13 and 15 that you never walk by. If you don't pick it up, don't ask somebody else to pick it up. You saw it first. You're not that important that you can't. And we teach by example. You see, the world is filled with people who have been abused, misused, beat down, belittled. They're made to feel like a loser, valued at nothing. The greatest thing you and I can do as Christians is to make a conscious decision every day to serve them. They work with you. They play ball with your children. They meet you at the gas pump. They're in the line at Walmart. They sit next to you at church. They look okay, but you got to look past the makeup and the beauty behind some of that. There's a broken woman. you got to look past the muscles and the power and the ego behind that man. There's a little boy that's crying out for a father to speak in his life and affirm him for the first time. There's broken, hurting people all around us every day. And we've got to come and start realizing that I'm not going to reach their life by being served. I'm going to reach their life by becoming the servant of all. Seeing them as a person looking for every opportunity. Get your cards to show them something extra to let you know that God loves you. Number two, a servant puts character over comfort. We live in a world, society, looking for comfort, don't we? And we're losing character. But I'm going to say this today. I don't know when I'm going to get to preach again. He asks me more than I do it, so I'm, I'm like, I, I love being on the front row cheering my son. I think Pastor Brad's doing an amazing job on leading this church. But I want to say this, God's interested in your character. That is a lost message in the church today. Just come to church, say yes to Jesus, 
Live like you want. God's interested in your Friday night. God's interested in who you're in bed with. God's interested in your drunken stupor on Saturday and then coming to church saying, holy, holy. He's still interested in that. Now, don't, go, don't take criticism. I'm not judging you because he's a father. My children messed up. But I told him, I'm your father and I'll stand beside you no matter what you do in life. I will be beside you as your father unless you lie to me. If you lie to me, I can't stand beside you because I don't know who you are. But if you'll tell me the truth, I'll stand beside you. Know how embarrassed, how ashamed I might be. I'm your father. Can I tell you, I have a heavenly father that even if I blew it on Friday night, he's going to stand beside me and say, that's my son. We're going to fix this. I love him. He's a, so I'm not here to condemn you today. I'm trying to tell you God's interested in your character. And many of you are going on Friday nights getting wasted. Some of you are sleeping in the wrong bed. And it's because you're trying to find the self-worth and the acceptance that you can't find along because you're looking for it through somebody when you can only find it through the person of Jesus Christ. He's interested in your character. I've had people tell me through 39 years of pastoring, Pastor, Jesus just wants me to be happy. No, He doesn't. He's not even interested in your happiness. He wants you to be holy. Because holy people are happy. This is good preaching. You see, character always comes with a price. It's going to cost us something. It wars against our flesh. Character building always goes against my wishes and my desires. How many found out that every time you think you've arrived a little bit, this is me now, God takes me on another journey of character building. Man, I hate those. Come on, anybody else is just like, just let me go to heaven a flunky, okay? Just leave me alone. Come on. Nah, He wants to keep making us more into His image, building character within us, and that, takes, that goes against everything I desire. You see, the book of Luke, he says, there was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, went off leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road, but when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite, another religious leader who took care of the temple, a man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. But then a Samaritan traveling the road came on him. And this is very interesting because in that day, the Samaritans and the Jews could not relate to each other. They were racial oppositions. They hated one another. And a Samaritan was not to communicate with a Jew, and a Jew was not to hang out with a Samaritan. And the two religious people, they passed by the man that was hurting, but the Samaritan that had every reason to walk by stopped. And when he saw the man, he had compassion on him. His heart went out to him, gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him up on his own donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. It costs anything. Put it on my bill. I'll pay you while on my way back. What do you think, Jesus asked? Which of these three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religious scholar responded. Jesus said, you're right. Now you go and do the same. You see, Jesus said, serve those. Listen to me right now. Serve those that your inner circle of people are telling you that you don't need to serve. Because see, we build this circle of people and we build our own life around their opinion and see some of you republicans are being told by your republican friends you can't have friends that are democrat 
Some of you Democrats are being told you can't have friends that are Republican. Some blacks are being told you shouldn't go to a church where there's white people. And then white people are being told you shouldn't go to a church where there's mixed couples. And you need to watch who you're listening to. Because Jesus said we're a servant to all. There's no exclusive people to a true servant of Jesus. Dr. Martin Luther King brought this scripture into context. He said the priest and the Levite asked the wrong question. They said, if I stop and help this man, what will happen to me? Martin Luther King said the right question should have been, if I don't stop and help this man, what will happen to him? You see, the problem is too many are more concerned about their church service than they are the people that we're praying and asking God to bring to it. I need to say that one again. That just kind of went. Don't put more interest in the service than we do the people we're asking God to bring to the service. Because I don't care how good we sing up here today, we can't change somebody's life. I don't care how good Pastor Brad preaches on a Sunday morning, he can't change someone's life. But when you and I love them in the parking lot, when we greet them at the door, when we hug them at the coffee machine, when we help their children to the nursery, when we love on them and we welcome them, we're offering acts of kindness. We're letting our life shine among men that they will see the good work of the Father in us. Why are they loving me and they don't even know me yet? Because you get to belong here before you even believe. Because we didn't believe when we got here, but Jesus has changed our life. And now we want to share this same hope with you. Come on, somebody. It's about serving. Serving. Why such a strong message, Pastor Dan? I'm not Pastor Brad. He's got a second calling in his life, and that's comedian. We knew it growing up. He had us in stitches around our table every night at home practically. He can get up here and make you laugh. I'm a bulldog. I'm going to bite, breathe, and hang on at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And just get through this, all right? So I apologize. He'll get you laughing next Sunday, all right? But why so serious today, Pastor Dan? Because you see, here's what's happened. We've gone to church for too many generations with blinders on. We come to church and we drive right back people and we don't realize what's going on behind their facade. They're broken and they're hurting people. We come to church and we do the right things. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm not criticizing. I'm not beating us up. I'm wanting you to see something today. Because as long as the enemy can keep us from seeing and feeling the hurt of people, we ignore it. But once you see it, you have to do something about it. That's why it's so important to go on a mission trip. That's why it's so important to be part of a small group. That's why it's so important to get connected because you're going to see things you won't see in your own individual world. And I've seen people. I've seen it. I've felt it. I've lived it. I've held a mom, a young girl in my arms that was a heroin addict on the streets of the South Bronx. She had shot up in every vein she could get in her body. Her hands literally looked like softballs with stubs that were called fingernails. She had shot under her armpits. She had shot under her tongue. She had shot under every vein she could get to rise. Her veins had collapsed. She had no vein to stick a needle in. And I held her in my arms when she was going through withdrawals. They found her murdered the next morning in an abandoned building. I've watched... As we've gone through alleys and beat off rats that look like cats over human beings that were laying in a drunken stupor in the alleys of the South Bronx and literally beat off the rats that were eating the flesh of human beings. I buried a 15-year-old girl as I stood before her casket that jumped through a fifth-floor window and committed suicide on angel dust in the South Bronx. I've held the head of my grandson in my hands when he breathed his last breath and understand anger and unanswered questions and depression, and wondering why God, because you see, I've seen it, I've lived it, 
So I can't go to bed at night and forget about a world that's walking through it at this moment right now because once you've seen it, you must do something about it. So God, open the eyes of Transformation Church like we've never had our eyes open before. And let us see people on our job, past the, the, the makeup and past the hair, past the cologne, past the muscles, past the money. Help us, God, to see the eyes as you see into those eyes, brokenness, hurt pain, suffering, loneliness. Help us, God, to see with your eyes, Father, and let our hands become your hands and let our feet become your feet and let our mouth become your mouth and let us not speak words of judgment or criticism. But, Father, let us be a mouth that will speak hope, hope, hope into a world that's so desperately hurting and broken without you today. Help us, God. Number three. A servant puts we before me. We live in a me generation. It's all about me. How do I feel? But Acts says all the believers, say all the believers. That's all of us now, not some of us. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Can I say this? And I know my time's about going here, but can I tell you this today? You know what the number one enemy's number one task is today? Is division. And we see it happening all across our country today. Why do you think there's so many religious denominations? We all say we're Christians, but we can't go to the same church. We can't even be friends because you're Baptist and you're one of them crazy Pentecostals over there. And, and dear God, you're apostolic. Jesus help you. And we got all this stuff to divide. We're divided by race. We're divided by politics. We're divided by money and social standing. The enemy's just coming in trying to divide us so that we will have an exclusive lifestyle that is about me and the people that think like me rather than us, and I'm a servant to all. Because if you can only serve your Democratic friends, then you're not a follower of Jesus. If you can only serve your Republican buddies, then you're not a true servant of Jesus. A true servant of Jesus looks past all the dividing factors and sees one thing, a person. A person that's going to spend eternity in heaven or hell and what do I do to make a difference in that? That's what a servant sees. They see past color. They see past social standing. And they see people. You will never serve who you detest or despise. See, some of you are talking about Obama and Trump more than you are a Savior. told you it might be my last Sunday we, we, we've got distracted and we've lost our focus because every person was born innocent every, that murder on death row was born an innocent child something happened in that person's life that caused them to have that spirit of evil and hostility in their life they faced hostility and that's why they're hostile people something happened in that person's life that made them make those sexual decisions something happened in that person's life to make them make that decision with their child something's happened they were born innocent they've walked through a journey of pain and suffering we can't ignore that journey and judge the outcome we've got to look past the outcome and get them on the right journey that journeys with the person of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care what you've walked through, not that it's not important, not that it's not real, but whatever you've walked through. I, I watched a young lady come in this church when we were over on DeSoto. She's here serving today, a beautiful young lady. But I told my wife and I told this young lady as I watched God change her life. When she walked in that first Sunday, I saw her out coming down the sidewalk. Her head was down. 
though she's a beautiful young lady, her, you can see her countenance was down. And, and I even told my wife, she's gone through something. Something's happened in her life that's brought deep pain. She would sit on the back of the church and her head would be down and she would worship and do the things but I knew something was going on deep inside of her, a lot of pain. And week after week, man, I watched her begin to open up and I watched her begin to talk. And then on Facebook, she put her story and her testimony of how God has totally taken her as this broken young woman on a bad journey. And now she's serving on our dream team, greeting you at the door out there. And she's a light that, I mean, shines bright as God has transformed her life. She didn't come here well. She came here broken. She came here empty. But because of you and people like you that embraced her and a message came from a pulpit that didn't judge her but pointed her to the person of Christ, today she's serving him and her life has been drastically changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, if we will quit looking through our eyes of judgment and we begin to see through the eyes of a Savior, we will see people different and we will treat them different because he has treated us the same. Number four, and I close with this. A servant puts worship over wealth. A servant puts worship over wealth. In Matthew 25, it says, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or need clothes and clothe you? Jesus said, When you see the sick are in prison, you go visit. When did we see that? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You know what God was saying here? He was saying this, I love your singing. I love that worship you gave me today. Do you really wanna worship me? Worship me through your service. Because anybody can sing. Anybody can come in here on a Sunday morning and sing. God wants to know, what are you doing to the people that you work with Monday through Friday? Because there's broken people around you every week. You know it. They work with you. Their countenance tells you their story that day. Are we willing to walk over, take them to lunch and hand them a something extra card that just says something extra to show you that God loves you? I'm not here to judge. I just want to be a friend. That person at the Walmart line, that person at the gas pump, I'm a firm believer. I've raised my children on this thought. I've taught it to this church. If you sit in any class I teach long, you're going to hear me talk about this. But I believe that every day of my life, God has set a divine appointment between me and somebody that doesn't know Him. Somebody that's broken. Somebody that's hurting. I believe every day of your life, God has already established a divine appointment today that somewhere today you're going to cross the path of somebody that there's a mother out there that's been praying for a long time. God's been dealing with that person. It may be at a gas pump. It may be at work. It may be at a ball field, wherever it might be. And if you and I are looking and we're asking the Holy Spirit to show us those people today that I'm supposed to come in contact with, I believe with all of my heart, we'll transform this city when we become sensitive to the people around us and we begin to see through the eyes of Jesus and we begin to serve those people with the same grace and love that God has so generously poured into mine and your life. We will make a difference in their life forever. And what do we do? Jesus says, you want to worship me? Keep singing and start serving. Feed somebody that's hungry. 
Go give some clothes to somebody that needs some. Take, take that single mom in the church that's got those kids and, and get a babysitter for those kids and help that single mom go out for a night of movies and a dinner. You know that family over there that's got those special needs children that, that, that those parents work so hard every day, every week? Go over there and help those, that family and take, watch those children so that mom and dad can go out for a night on the town. Do something. Every one of us can do something that can bring worship to Jesus by impacting and changing someone's life. Every one of us. And I want to challenge you today. How many will join me going through Monday through next Sunday and say this week, I'm going to consciously look for that connection that God has set up for me this week. I'm not going to miss that opportunity to impact somebody's life this week with the love and the hope of Jesus. I'm going to be that person that's going to make that difference. And I want to challenge you again. Become a part of July the 13th on our serve day. Be a part of some team that's reaching out. If you just go to the office, go to the website. We've got plate. There's going to be serving all over our city. If you're not part of our dream team yet, I want to challenge you. Next Sunday, Pastor Brad will talk about it in a moment. We're going to have our growth track right after the first service. You can come there. Four Sundays, we ask of your time. We'll share with you the vision of this house. We'll show you what God has given you naturally as your gifts through a personality and a gifting test. We want to find out how God created you and help you identify your gifts so that you can serve. We want to welcome you to be a part of our dream team that serves here every Sunday that makes this thing happen. And what does that do? That takes away the me and makes us a we and we become part of something bigger than ourselves. And we get to make a difference in someone's life as a team. And so I want to challenge you. We have an opportunity on July the 13th to show Pensacola what the real church of Jesus Christ looks like. It's not black. It's not white. It's not Republican. It's not Democrat. It's not rich. And it's sure not poor. It looks like this because this is what heaven's going to look like when we get there. And what an opportunity we have on that one day to go out together and say, we're not apart, we're together, and we're going to serve you together as the true kingdom of God and the body of Christ. God bless you today. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now, God, over every person in this room, God, I pray that you will come today, and, and God, that you'll take a simple word today, and Father, you'll let it speak to our heart that, God, we want to be true servants. God, we don't want to just be a Christian going to heaven. We want to be a servant, God, that's impacting and making a difference in the lives of others. And so, God, I pray over this house today, over Pastor Brad and Ashley and Justin and Karen and John and Juwan, Lord, and, and God, I know I'm Eli, all of them, Father, it's the whole team, God. Father, I pray over all of our leaders here. I pray over our dream team. God, I just pray, God, that you let your anointing rest upon them and continue to let them have clear vision where we're going. But God, I pray right now that, Father, God, you will speak to us in this house, that, God, you will speak to our heart and challenge us, Lord, that, our heart will become the heart of a servant. It's no longer about me. It's about we. It's about you. It's about serving, not being served. God, speak to every one of us today. Maybe you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm like that young lady you talked about. I've come today and, and spiritually my world's not good. I'm not a bad person. I'm just not in a good place spiritually right now. And I know I need to make some decisions with God. I, I need Jesus in my life. And and I want to pray today, and I just want you to pray over me, Pastor. And I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray a prayer over you. And while every head's bowed and nobody's looking around, if you're in this building right now and you say, that's me, Pastor Dan, I, I need a change in my life spiritually. I need Jesus today, and I know it. 
pray for me. If that's you, would you just lift a hand right where you sit and you can put it right back down. It's really letting Jesus see it, not me. Is there anyone else? Real quick, real quick. God bless you. Anyone else? I need Jesus in my life today, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. If you raise your hand or you did not, and you need Jesus in your life today, will you pray this prayer with me? And we're all going to pray it together with you so you don't feel alone. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved right now. I come, I confess, I believe, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, will you join me? And let's celebrate with these that have prayed today. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.